0: Welcome to Sidebar. This week we have a interesting, perhaps delicious new trend <laughs> forming in the legal world, some might say, where some courts are now all of a sudden being tasked with having to determine whether an edible plant can be a plaintiff in a lawsuit. Earlier this month in Minnesota, a lawsuit was filed in tribal court by the White Earth Nation of Ojibwe against the Minnesota Department of Natural Resources over the construction of a fairly controversial oil pipeline project that is uh, crossing the state. It's colloquially referred to as the Line 3 Project in Minnesota, and that project is going to take about 5 billion gallons of water for construction, and that goes right through Ojib- Ojibwe lands. And what their lawsuit is claiming is that it is threatening the habitat of of their wild rice production.
1: Now, does anybody outside of Minnesota know what wild rice is? Does anybody else eat that? <laughs>
2: I love wild
0: okay. rice personally. Question. Okay, yes. I was good. This with, I thought this was a question for Vedahi. If you if you have ever actually been able to enjoy one of Minnesota's finest uh, exports, uh,
2: is it a Minnesota thing? Because I've like not lived in Minnesota, but like pretty regularly eat wild rice. In fact, I prefer it wild. I like my rice
0: wild, not tame. <laughs> well, here's the thing about wild rice. <laughs> so we don't get off <laughs> on too much of a tangent here. There is a lot of what people would contend is like BS wild rice that is grown in California. I see. It's not really wild grown. What's grown in northern Minnesota, northern Wisconsin, Canada is really, truly wild grown. It takes a lot of... Oh, that makes
2: me so sad because the California stuff is so overpriced anyway. It
0: takes a lot of dedicated foraging work to find... Uh, yeah, like the, st- the stuff that's in, like, say, a box of rice ricearoni called Wild Rice is 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 not what what people in the Upper Midwest would would know as actual authentic Wild Rice. And it's
2: exclusively available in the land of lakes. Is that what you're telling me?
0: I that Wisconsin, okay, uh, <laughs> Ontario, Ontario.
2: It's not nationally distributed though.
0: Manitoba. I mean, I think you can ki- I think you could find it, but you want to you definitely want to look at the origin on the label. Noted. <laughs> is is what I'm what I'm, what I'm saying here. And <laughs> if it's something you're paying too too cheap for, it's probably not the real deal either. And the real deal is good stuff. It, it is intensely nutty <laughs> and good.
1: <laughs> this episode is not brought to you by Wild Rice.
0: <laughs> um but anyway, the Ojibwe's relationship with wild rice goes far beyond commerce, what they describe it themselves as a sacred covenant with the plant. So in that regard, the plaint- the lead plaintiff in this lawsuit against the Minnesota DNR is actually, it's not the Ojibwe, it is wild rice itself, which... <laughs> like, for
1: our for yep. our listeners
0: for our listeners, Joe Joe made a very uh Joe made a very good just now that I thought he was going to say something, but I think it was more just oh
1: no, I I held back, I refrained from comment And
2: yes, and um, you know, for for those who don't know uh, about the principle of standing, um, I I used to work for the Oregon judiciary. Uh, the principle of standing, there's there's a sort of seminal lawsuit called Justice v. Gwendolyn Vercher, uh that came out of our court in 2018 that uh, established that animals can't be plaintiffs. Animals don't have the legal capacity to sue. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a suit where the Animal Legal Defense Fund filed on behalf of a horse named Justice. <laughs> Justice the horse. Oh, um, so <laughs> <laughs> So apropos, um, but the court dismissed it because the they said that the animal lacked legal capacity to sue, and just because someone wants to bring suit on behalf of the horse or an animal or you know a, a, someone who's not a human, and even if that. Animal or rice is hurt. Like in this case, you know, the horse was presumably hurt somehow. You can't do that You can't bring suit on behalf of an animal It's just trying to be it's just trying to make a loophole around the fact that a non-human doesn't have standing
0: So what the white earth nation of Ojibwe is contending is that according to their own tribal law however, wild rice has quote inherent rights to exist flourish regenerate and evolve and in order to do that, that takes not disturbing their water-based habitat. Water-based. I, I'm not a scientist. Sorry, <laughs> I, couldn't of, I couldn't think of a word. And the and the Line Three pipeline construction very, which cuts right through the White Earth Reservation. Um, for those for those outside of outside of Minnesota, it has been a long-standing uh, site of protest over the last several months, there have been there's been many protest actions taking taking place against this pipeline construction. Um, This one does not generate as much interest as the Keystone pipeline that was always making national news. But it is a hot the the line three pipeline is a hot topic in Minnesota.
2: Totally. And and this is is extra interesting and complicated by the fact that it's arguing a right that is that exists under tribal law, and it's also being brought in a tribal court, right? Yes. And yep. that, that makes it a little bit different, not only from the animal suit, but from similar suits that have been, uh, that have tried to make their way into American, like, U.S. courts. Like the, there was one, I think, in Toledo, Ohio, right, that was, uh, tried to um, argue that Lake Erie had its own well, rights.
0: what happened in Lake Erie was a law was passed establishing a lake erie bill of rights that gave anyone essentially the right to sue on behalf of the lake uh no no um no right of nature lawsuit was ever actually filed on behalf of lake erie because the law was struck down in federal court
2: the law was struck down okay. last year
0: as the it was called like unconstitutionally vague and uh, usurped municipal powers. We actually do that. So this wild rice lawsuit is technically the second right of nature lawsuit that's active in the US right now because the first one is going on in Orange County, Florida, where also voters last year approved a right of nature law in their county for the waterways, and so, what's happened? What's happened there is an actual lawsuit has been filed. Use it using this new ordinance. It has been filed against a developer that is trying to infill a large portion of wetlands. And so, that lawsuit lists five rivers as the plaintiffs. Interesting. Only for this, and this this one took place a couple months ago. So that we don't. I know Minnesotans. We like to uh, wait. I live in Missouri now. Never mind. Um, <laughs> <like> to, <laughs> Minnesotans always like to think that they're the best and the first at doing things, but we have to—we do have to give Orange County, Florida, environmentalists. Florida of all places, a, environmentalists. A Come on. Bit of, a little bit of credit because they were actually filing the first right of nature lawsuit in the U.S.
2: I am floored by the fact that it's in Florida. If you had said Orange County, California, it would have been okay. That makes sense, but. <laughs>
1: Wasn't it New Zealand who passed the first law that ever protected a river? I think, and that was only just a couple yes. of years ago that New Zealand did that.
0: Yep, that ex- that created a trust that puts the Wahanganui River under the care of trustees that are appointed by uh, Maori tribal members and the and the New Zealand government that can also essentially do the same thing sue on behalf of this river. Um, and then Bangladesh has declared personhood for all of its rivers,
2: and and does that personhood also guarantee a, a, like a standing though?
0: It essentially gives designated people the right to sue on behalf of the rivers.
2: Okay. But um, back to the Florida case, do we know whether the court has um, let it move on, or ha- is, it the, is, is the question of standing has that been answered?
0: Well, the Florida Chamber of Commerce has spoken pretty has spoken out pretty strongly against this lawsuit, basically calling it BS. Uh <laughs> the the lawsuit itself though is still active. It has not been it has not been dismissed or anything like that.
2: And it's so, in federal court?
0: No, that is taking place in state court. That is taking place in a state court in yeah. Florida. So, we will have to see what happens with that one
2: and and i'm hoping like maybe again since this is not only alleging tribal law but being brought in tribal courts i wonder if there can be you know these principles might not get in their way
0: perhaps Uh, yeah perhaps
2: maybe they would if they brought this suit in federal court but Mm -hmm. i guess we'll see how it plays out in tribal court
1: well, I do think they are going to eventually bring it into federal court is is what I think is going to happen. First, they're trying to establish it under under tribal law. but once once the lawsuit moves forward, there's some question about whether the developer would even pay any attention to right. you know a judgment against Enforcement them.
2: becomes an issue yeah. right If they want an injunction to stop this pipeline, they can't really do that without bringing it to a federal court
1: right It's headed there eventually
0: yeah there is speculation, though, that just you know, like we were talking about in last week's episode where the Mexican government in suing American arms manufacturers may not actually be looking for a win on the merits, but more a win in the diplomatic realm that this is that that lawsuits like these are useful still for environmentalists in that they will attract it attention to things like development projects that threaten natural habitats.
2: Yeah. So this might be some sort of broad policy move.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because while we've seen environmental personhood and rights of nature being established in other countries, it still seems like a bit of a heavy lift for the U.S. judicial system to say, hey, this is, yep, this is great. I mean, I would love tuna to sue Subway for false advertising (laughs)
2: for for diluting its image.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Thanks for listening to Sidebar from Fine Laws Don't Judge Me. We'll be releasing these every other week between our full-length episodes. Please subscribe to, rate, and review our show wherever you listen to podcasts. And if there's a topic you'd like to hear us cover, send us an email at finelawpodcasts at thomsonreuters.com.